out, out so abnormal, trying to find a way out of being normal, so I'm formally informing you, real geeks coming through, boy, flight Shang Tsung, turn into a scorpion, now we about to finish, finish, if you ain't geeking out now, then you're part of the clone crowd, and this is your intervention, pay attention, I'm about to open the wormhole and bring you the Tyrell, Heather, and Justice Dimension, yeah, 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 yeah. This week has been a crazy week for Marvel, like Hawkeye series and Spider-Man and all that, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, I just now started watching Hawkeye like literally yesterday. I watched the first episode, and it's not it's not a bad show. Disney doesn't really make bad shows, so people think it's the weakest one. Like they're saying, like between Hawkeye and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, those are like the weakest ones of them. And I'm like, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of room to grow, but I think they're all different and and cool in their own way. Mm. So you're just starting to watch Hawkeye. I just watched it with my girlfriend the other day, and she told me it was really good. So I'm like, I'll give it a try. And <laughs> then I actually liked it. I was like, it, it's nice to see Clint again. Yeah. It's very nice to see him. And then the references to Ronan. About the same. Busy with everything, and kiddo is on Christmas break. Luckily, I had just enough time away to watch some of the things that I wanted to watch. And write about them and talk to people about them. I'm still processing Spider-Man. and trying to watch it again i also heard matrix got bad reviews which freaks me out but i don't really trust the sources who gave it those reviews so i'm like uh, you know. it's getting uh a combination so it's either getting good reviews or bad reviews it's not getting in between reviews yeah i guess we're just gonna have to see it but that's like what eternals was like it was a very polarizing people either loved it or hated it and i loved it I loved how unorthodox and funky it was. I really appreciated the narrative, this, how they <laughs> somehow made us care about 10 brand new characters that we've never heard of or seen before and just made it at least semi-unpredictable. I thought it was, uh, thought it was really great. Yeah, it was really cool. I lo- Eternals was an interesting movie and I look forward to seeing more, more of those characters. Me One. too. <laughs> It's going to be interesting to see how the MCU blends that into the the larger narrative of the of the like the universe's fabric. I, I have no idea how they're going to do that because they're such they're practically deities. So, yeah, yeah, that's the whole point, right? That they're like super powered androids. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird that they're androids. I can't get over, I can't get over that, but that's just so cool. But I'm kind of like I wonder what kind of as this whole idea of the multiverse continues and like how are the eternals gonna actually fit in there and how are what are they gonna do are they gonna find alternate versions of themselves or <laughs> there's just so much that can happen i'm super excited for it yeah yeah and i can see them coming into like a captain marvel storyline very easily and potentially a guardians of the galaxy storyline i don't really see them like paying even though they are on earth i, I really don't see them uh, playing much of a an earth role yeah it's definitely they are a guardians of the galaxy sort of thing especially with a druid and uh, it's not cersei's on I, I can't remember which characters are on the ship with druid but right yeah yeah i forgot i think what's her name makari and i don't know I'm not sprite because sprite's a human and kingo is also on earth now yeah King, uh, kingo is with cersei so I don't remember which ones are, are there, <laughs> but 
<laughs> yeah, no, but it'll be an interesting, it'll be interesting to see what they do with, with the Eternals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I know they're going to come back. I'm really excited for Black Knight and Star Fox. I, I wasn't expecting them to show up at all. Well, Black Knight. Yeah. But I wasn't expecting uh, a show. Yes. Yes. That was, I knew that Blade was going to be coming in a future. Yeah. In the future, but I, I didn't expect that that character Black Knight was going to be there. And so how that ties in is going to be very interesting. And there's so many movies that they're going to be tying all together that it's just they have such a rich tapestry and and we've said this before that they, they have so many things that they can work from that right. it's really cool how yeah yeah the, the idea that like all the stories have already been written and they don't really have to they don't have to come up with the ideas is that, that's a cop-out because i don't know how how much people yeah. realize how difficult it is to adapt like a book to right a movie and then to do all of that so yeah i mean it they have part of it like they have the idea they have the storyline that's already written and they have so much of of storylines that they can pull from but mm. to be able to adapt it to the screen in a way that people are gonna are gonna love it <laughs> i mean and and the fact that eternals only got like an, a 92 rotten tomatoes score oh darn <laughs> but i do think I, I think they're hiring the right people to execute that vision chloe cho was was an amazing director for eternals like visually it looked different from any movie marvel's ever put out since iron man it just it didn't feel like a movie for comic book lovers it felt like a movie for people who love movies <laughs> and yeah they it's just interesting and it's fun too because now i think we have i think three visual iterations of the spider-verse we have no way home we have uh spider-man into the spider-verse and then like a maybe a few years prior in the ultimate spider-man cartoon on disney they had a like 10 episodes where they just did their own version of the spider-verse so they'll be able to retell stories that have already been done as well. And I think that's what they're probably going to plan. They have to do that if they want to introduce the Fantastic Four, Galactus, Silver Surfer, and to visually bring in Blade at some point. But they have a lot ahead of them, but they're already talking Phase 5 stuff. And like having all these new directors in, in, in the Marvel uh, universe, like, like Kenneth Branagh with Thor. I absolutely loved that movie, but it's one of the most, I mean, people say that was like the worst. One of the worst ones, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now that Taika Waititi has taken over with Thor, it's like they have a new way to go. There's new life. You're, you have a definite point about the the direction. If, if there's a good director mm -hmm. assigned to a project and they're able to fight for their characters versus DC where the directors just fight with DC and then don't get what they need. And <laughs> Yeah, interesting how that's becoming a trend. I don't, I'm so glad that we finally got the Zack Snyder vision. The fact that it was dedicated to Autumn, the fact that the soundtrack itself was dedicated to Autumn, that both Zack and Deborah poured, and all the actors poured so much work and so many years and so much time into it. And that was one thing. But now hearing about Suicide Squad and how that director wants to release a version of it, I'm just like, what is it with WB? And what is it? What is with the studio interference? What is going on with Warner Brothers and the DCEU and HBO Max? Like there is just something funky happening there. And it's really tearing up the DCEU. And I don't understand what's going on. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that I was reading today actually about how the only thing that people are going to see in, in theaters are these tentpole movies mm-hmm. that, that will make tons of money and it has to have this mass appeal. And if you're making a movie for adults, then it's going to fail. So like Warner Brothers, HBO, like the deal that they did at the beginning of the pandemic where they were going to show the movies um, online and in theaters the same day, it it doesn't look as crazy anymore because the most of the movies that they chose are ones that it turns out people weren't going to go to the theater to see anymore. And so all of these other movies that are not these massive superhero movie events people didn't show up for so if you've got a a quirky movie like joker i don't think people would have showed up for it um like but you but for something like eternals like they did show up not as much as they would have pre-pandemic but even though they didn't know these characters they still showed up and so yeah it's a new i don't think guardians of the galaxy or ant-man would have worked now they because people there was no yeah could you imagine james gunn wouldn't have a career in the mcu if like he tried to release guardians of the galaxy during the pandemic because people wouldn't have given it yeah that's a really good perspective like the pandemic really just it was a complete paradigm shift for the entire cinema industry and whereas in 2018 and 2019 we saw at least three or four blockbusters moved behind. Fast and Furious was moved. Ghostbusters 3 was moved. No Time to Die 007 was moved and probably some others. We also saw early releases of other films like the Birds of Prey film, which was also another uh, DC film, of course. And and I wonder too, if Ant-Man is a really interesting example because in the comics, he's one of the more popular Avengers. And I think casual comic book readers know him as part of the, the Avengers instead of him and his solo Avengers with the Wasp or whatever. But if the original director, Edgar Wright, had gotten his way, gotten his creative vision supported by the studio and executed it in phase one, which was the original intention, instead of waiting till the very end of phase two with a brand new director, I wonder, even in the pandemic, if the interest for that film would have worked. And I, I, I go back and forth about that, but I think you're absolutely right about Guardians of the Galaxy. I think even with the world's most amazing cast, and they had Vin Diesel, they had Bradley Cooper, they had Zoe Saldana, it wouldn't have worked. There's no way. Yeah. And that would have been a shame because that was one of the greatest mcu films in my opinion and one of the best movies of 2014 but the it's hard you you have to take a look at how the industry is changing and shifting and marvel did it very carefully they by releasing black widow exclusively in theaters and shang chi and eternals and stuff like that and now no way home which was one of the biggest if not the biggest blockbuster of 2021 yeah yeah, I have to see that movie again. Like Ghostbusters 3 for me, Ghostbusters 1 is is my favorite movie of all time. And I was born in 1989, which is when Ghostbusters 2 came out. So I've literally been rating for three my entire life. And I saw it three times. I cried each time. And I can't wait to see it a fourth time. So to me, that was the movie that tug on my heartstrings the most. But I go see No Way Home with my older brother. And... That movie succeeded. Not only did it prove all of my theories, but it succeeded all of my expectations. It blew them out of the water. As far as, and I, I know we haven't, we're going to talk about this, in, you know, extensively in the future. But I do want to know now, 
how, what was the greatest thing for you for that movie? Like what expectation? Oh, not for Ghostbusters. I'm sorry, for No Way Home. Oh, for No Way Home. Honestly, the greatest thing for me wasn't the movie itself. It was mm -hmm. the experience in the theater. And yes. um, like, and, and we're going to talk about the movie uh, itself and how we feel, felt about it. But like uh, uh, we, so I saw it opening night, first showing, and there were movie crews outside, not movie okay. casters outside. And my husband and I were like, what's up? Why are there reporters at the movie theater? And they were like interviewing like people going in and coming out of, of the theater about this is the first movie that people were coming back in droves to see since in two years. Like a lot of people, it was like their first movie that they'd come back. And like when we were in the theater, the walls are thick, they're padded. They're like mm -hmm. we're, we're in the DFX theater, like all of them are that. Right. But like we could hear cheering like every five minutes from like all of the theaters around us. Like, mm -hmm. it, it, cause like they're all, every theater was playing Spider-Man that they weren't playing any other movie in the 16 theater yeah, multiplex I was in. And, and it was like on every half hour. So there was like, it was just like every five minutes you heard a cheer from one theater somewhere around you. And it was so loud and it was just so amazing. And it, w it was so infectious that we went back the next night to see it in the college town theater, like right back in the university theater. So, because mm -hmm. he's like, oh, I want to see this with all the college kids. And it was the same thing. <laughs> so that was like, I haven't been to something like that since like, Star Trek Wrath of Khan when I was a kid wow. like like when I was a kid and saw Star Trek Wrath of Khan in the theater that mm -hmm. was the level of like excitement and screaming yeah. and like everything and like people waiting around the line uh, waiting around the block mm -hmm. to get in it was crazy even though we already had our tickets people had to like line up to get into the theater <laughs> so it was crazy yeah how about for That's, you? I, I dare say the same thing because there's, I always reflect on some of the greatest, you know, theater experiences that I've had, and they've all been superhero movies. In, in 2008, when Iron Man came out, I went to the midnight showing. And um, I had, before that, I had never been to a theater with all these like-minded people that enjoyed the movie, understood the lore just enough. And we had just gotten off the cuff of 2007, which had Spider-Man 3, Punisher Warzone, and like Ghost Rider, which are bad to mediocre films. So when Iron Man, the trailer came out, I wasn't too excited. So I think we were all blown out of the water at what's such a great job. John Favreau, Terrence Howard, Gwyneth Paltrow, Robert Downey Jr. all did. And yeah, that theater was exploding. People were jumping out of their seats. They were applauding. Terrence Howard's next time baby line got the hugest round of applause. It was, and then of course, Nick Fury came at the end. Like it was like a riot. It was like a rock concert. And I was like, is this what Marvel is doing right now? And then of course that happened again with the first Avengers film and then Infinity War. And then of course, in, when I went to Endgame's Midnight Show. It when was, they said on your left and everybody explodes <laughs> they i just watched it yesterday it was just on, on on a tv just at work and i just paid attention to that scene and this i have the same chills two years later yeah i cannot get over and just that look that black panther gives captain like avengers assemble him picking up milnir like everything was flawless and no way home kind of hit those levels for me. It was perfect. And I'm, I was born in 89, growing up in the 90s. The Fox Kids Spider-Man TV show was my jam. And I felt like 
they really tugged on the heartstrings of those kids who who were familiar with that version of Spider-Man and, the, of course, Tobey Maguire. And for me personally, because Andrew Garfield is my favorite Spider-Man. I didn't like his movies the most, but I loved <laughs> his character the most. Yeah. He's this funny, almost neurotic. Self- like Self-deprecating. In so many different ways you can relate as uh, to, to any of the Peter Parkers. And I just really related to Andrew Garfield's the most. I'm happy that he's now getting his shine. He's getting his flowers now. People are like, oh, what amazing Spider-Man 3 now. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, bro, you had your chance. Yeah. Sorry. Should have appreciated him while he was still around. But then again, had we gotten that back then, we may not have gotten No Way Home today. Right. So I have to take it for what it is and appreciate it. And it just, yeah. It, it was sad. It was worth every laugh, every tear, every scream, seeing those three Spider-Men together. And oh my gosh, uh, a little disappointed at what ended up happening with Venom. I, I was expecting. Let's save that for our Spider-Man actual review. <laughs> talk all day about it. So we should definitely wait for tomorrow. But yeah, yeah, it was an excellent film. <laughs> This has been the Geekin' Out Loud podcast. Like and subscribe to hear our next episodes about the latest news in movies, comics, and all things geeks.